Where are we right now? We're at a coffee shop in downtown Seattle. Where are we, Belltown? Yeah. Somewhere and, we don't uh, often go. No, we don't often go here. Why are we down this way? Well, we went to a, um, a press release, our very first press press conference. Yeah, we're now a media. We didn't get any name tags, though. I really wanted, like, the lanyards that said Yeah, media. we had, like, these sticker name tags. We wrote Topophilia Podcast on them. Who was there? Uh, we had John Hoekstra. John Hoekstra. From the Mountain Sound and Greenway. He's the executive director. John Snyder, who works for Governor Jay Inslee. Uh, it's like a new position. The Recreation and Economic Policy Advisor. Recreation and, and yep. outdoor yep. stuff. Did I get that right? Kitty. Last name I forget. Katie Craig. Who works for the Wilderness Society. She's the Washington State Deputy Director. Oh, I, oh, and Sally Jewell. Yeah, Sally Jewell. <laughs> Duh. Former Secretary of the Interior. And, and then Jesse Martin, who's the Program Manager for Earth Economics. This company commissioned by the Wilderness Society to perform an economic analysis of the benefits of the Mount Baker Snoqualmie National Forest. We wanted to know how much of a driver is this national forest in our backyard to our regional economy? So we went to this press conference and we read the report, which uh, Earth Economics put a ton of work into. Yeah, and, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and, and it was um, really interesting. And we used um, our ample free time because we know that you, our listeners, are very busy and don't have free time like we seem to be able to find. Uh, and uh, to find to try to pull out some of the interesting, uh, interesting parts of this report and share them with you guys. So this study uh, set out to express the value of the Mount Baker Snoqualmie in a couple different categories. The main one they focus on is ecosystem services, which are things like clean air, clean water, and wildlife habitat. And, you know, over the years, these things compound. And basically, this report comes out to say that over about 100 years, this whole area, the Mount Baker Snoqualmie, is equal to $1 trillion dollars. If we view the trees, wildlife, and wetlands, and all the natural features and functions of the national forest as a natural asset that will continue to provide services, products, and jobs to our economy for the next 100 years, uh, the total asset value is estimated to be $1 trillion. The other place they put a lot of emphasis is on outdoor recreation economy, which is something that we've talked about a couple times and Tony and I are very familiar with. Uh, which you know drives jobs, local economies, brings people outside to recreate, and has other health benefits associated with it. The Mount Baker Snoqualmie National Forest is one of the most visited forests in the country and drives an $80 million regional recreation economy. To be honest, Tony and I had kind of a hard time thinking about putting dollar amounts on things like old-growth forest or special backcountry camping spots or ski lines. Uh, it's kind of hard to think about this as an asset when it seems like absolutely essential and priceless to us in some ways. So in a lot of ways, putting a dollar sign on nature can seem like a pretty strange thing to do. And we understand that not everyone is fully comfortable with doing that. Many of us consider our natural resources to be truly priceless. However, decisions are made and policies are developed using the language of budgets, costs, and returns on investment. So if we don't provide an economic value for nature to include in those conversations, it will be considered zero. Before studies like these, budgets and policies are often made without the kind of information we need to assign a value to these parts of national forests. And it leaves conservation and outdoor recreation at a disadvantage. For too long, outdoor recreation and conservation has not been on a level playing field when it comes to valuing it in the public sphere. For example, you will learn in this report that the Mount Baker Snoqualmie annual budget is $9 million. And we are sitting here on Mercer Street near Seattle Center. And as a comparison, the city of Seattle is spending $10 million just 
aligning the signals and the stoplights between here and I-5. $10 million. And while getting from Seattle Center to I-5 is indeed an awesome thing, I would argue that the Mount Baker Snoqualmie National Forest is several degrees more awesome than that. So we both were totally grabbed by John's story because we thought it was such a good example of sort of the disconnect in how decisions get made in terms of outdoor economy, conservation, land use, these sort of things. The good news is that this study provides an excellent toolkit and resource now for outdoor industry organizations, for outdoor economies, uh, groups, and conservation organizations to say, these are the resources we have, they're really important, they have this value assigned to them, and we need to protect them. And with that kind of toolkit, you know, those organizations can now become on a more level playing field against, uh, you know, other things competing against for money, like downtown Seattle traffic lights. Yeah, yeah and it, it kind of raises this greater question, which Will and I have talked about before, and I think is something super interesting to think about, is that why is the burden of protecting these really valuable public good places, like the Mount Baker uh, Snoqualmie National Forest, why is that burden put on nonprofits that have to raise their money through philanthropy? Places like the Wilderness Society, places like the Sierra Club, places like um, the Mountains to Sound Greenway here in Washington. Like, why are those organizations um, the ones who have to evangelize and pay for these kind of economic analyses? Yeah, I mean, the outdoor uh, industry, the outdoor economy is valued at about $880 billion, which by some measures is bigger than the auto industry. And the auto industry has lobbyists and got bailed out by the government got bailed out by the government and yet as tony said we have small nonprofits fighting for i mean amazingly doing the bulk of the lifting uh for a lot of the really great work that's happening and we don't want those organizations to go away we want them to stick around and keep doing their work but we hope that this sort of study when it's done other places will provide a big leverage for you know, this to start changing, for this culture to start changing. Yeah. Do you have any other ideas? I mean, I, I struggle with this a lot. And listeners, we're looking to you. If you have ideas on this, please yeah. write in because we don't know how to change this culture. How do you end up, do we have to start acting like oil companies and, and auto industry? Are we asking for bailouts for public lands? No, I mean, but kind of though. I yeah. mean, the eco, $1 trillion. Fighting is, wildfires, building roads, fixing infrastructure in the national parks. I mean, these are things that are real and they're not, they don't have the value that I think a lot of these other companies can demand because they have shareholders and bottom lines, right? And I think this is the purpose of some of these economic studies of these large swaths of public land. But the crazy thing is when you really look at the numbers or you think about what these numbers are representing, you're talking about things like clean water, literal like personal fitness and happiness, things that fundamentals that way outlive, outlast your car, uh, I think. Probably. Probably. So, yeah, I don't know. We're we're trying to, we're struggling with this, but we thought it was a great uh, thing to leave you all with. Yeah, something to think about. We'd like to uh, say thanks to Ben Gruel, who you might remember from our previous episode, uh, for inviting us to this press conference. That's really generous of him to kind of include us in the media circle. And uh, thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks. And if you're interested in reading the full text of the Earth Economics Report, you can find that on our website, topophiliapodcast.com. And buckle up for the next episode of Topophilia coming to you in the next couple of weeks.